astronautic mining engineer in the mental system. Glass, metal sheets, wood, the bones of human and animal beings, and the eye and spirit are controlled through the reflective, cathartic, magnetic beam. I love my material being as myself. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's Pinkie Pie B -b -b Bow. And I have started this about five times now because somebody keeps ranting around on a crotch rocket and shit, and it's really annoying. <laughs> okay, but enough about my problems. How you doing out there? I, I don't think I'm going to stop this time, so if it goes by again on its joyride, oh well. So I have what I think is a very interesting episode and you're probably like, yeah, what the hell was that stuff you were saying before you started bitching about motorcycles? Well, I am going to tell you eventually this episode, I was actually, this all started with me Googling asylums. I thought, oh, let's do some hauntings again. Those are always popular. Those are fun. And I wanted to do something that wasn't covered by a bunch. It wasn't famous because a lot of those have been on the ghost hunting shows and this and that. I wanted to find something that was not so famous. I come across this list, you know, and another country, which I'm like, ooh, cool. Let's check that out. And it turns out this place is kind of, kind of famous in a way but only with a certain crowd i would say and almost infamous and this doesn't end up being about hauntings at all so if that's what you're here for i'm really sorry but i think you're going to find this very interesting now some of my sources today are atlasobscura.com godisageek.com the greatest domain name ever and outsiderartnow.com and probably some Italian Wikipedia. In fact, there was a couple of things that um, were Google Translate and then another page that whoever put up the page had already done some translating and they did the Italian side by side. Yes, oh by the way, yes, this is in Italy. Which can make it a little awkward when it's a direct translation, but I promise I did my best. So shall we just get right to it? Ospedale Psychiatrico di Volterra, or Psychiatric Hospital of Volterra. It was closed, for the most part, somewhat because of cruel treatment of the patients, which is a very common story in a lot of those places. The asylum sits on a hill in a forested area near the center of the town of Volterra. Now, currently, it's being reclaimed by nature. Windows are broken, falling in. It's also had some vandalism. Graffiti litters it. Although I have to say some of it is beautiful. And if you follow me on my socials, probably over several days, I will be posting a lot of photographs, uh, not just of the asylum. There's actually a lot of photographs I can share with you. It's pretty cool. Inside, there are still items from the year it was closed and abandoned, which was 1978. Things like wheelchairs, sunbeds, and no, I don't mean tanning beds, and even an old telephone booth. 
Now, it was founded in 1888 when originally when a ward was built for, quote, the demented in the poorhouse of a former convent, San Giolamo. Now, 1902 saw the renaming of the ward to Fernacomio, or Psychiatric Hospital, of Girolamo. In following decades, the institution had some major development, and this was done under the direction of Dr. Luigi Scavia. One of the buildings is even named after him. So many, many new patients started to arrive between 1902 and 1909. So, of course, a lot of new pavilions needed to be built, such as Verga, Charcot, and Ferry. Luigi Scabia retired in 1934, dying shortly after, and he was buried, per his wishes, alongside the graves of inmates who were unclaimed by their families. Now, that sounds like a very devoted doctor now, doesn't it? Now, this place, is, which is situated in the beautiful Tuscany region, was also once dubbed the place of no return. Over 6,000 patients ended up there, patients who supposedly would never go back home. As you might imagine, and if you remember from, like I've, I've season one, I did a few episodes on, on Northern State Hospital, which is right here in Washington, such things like electroshock was practiced. Patients were tied down. They were put in ice baths. They were even tied down while they were in straitjackets. Experiments were done. A lot of things happened there. Even letters from family were apparently never delivered to the patients. And there could be no communication from the hospital out. Like, no outsiders, and outsiders included family. Even the nurses were instructed not to, to talk about the patients or speak of their progress or anything, which is really weird to me, or should be weird to anybody. Still, in the 50s and 60s, it was one of the largest asylums in Italy at over 100,000 cubic meters of space. So what ultimately closed it down and I'm sure this was prompted by conditions there and in other places, was Law 180, a.k.a. the Bisaglia Law, which is named after the person who wrote it, psychiatrist Franco Bisaglia. Law 180 mandated the closure of all mental hospitals and the regulation of compulsory medical treatments. You might say that he helped institute Italy's public mental health system, and it sounds like it needed some help. While it was open, going to Volterra often meant that you would be confined to the ferry pavilion first, and it was known as the judicial section, which I didn't quite understand. That might be a translation thing. I think that it sounded like it um, means that that's where they assess them, like that's your entrance point, see what's wrong with them. Now get this, you know, I told you there was about 6,000 people there eventually. There were 20 sinks and two toilets for every 200 people. Mmm, oh boy. 
Now you could be locked up for just exhibiting signs of depression uh, and for things, of course, like schizophrenia, or even just accusations of moral or political transgressions. And I believe that because we've all heard stories or I told you stories about Northern State here, particularly how uh, women were abused by this, you know, husbands who just didn't want to deal with them anymore. Or, oh, they have menopause and they're acting crazy, except they didn't know it was because of menopause. Just stupid stuff that now we would go, oh, she's not crazy. She's just in the menopause. I mean, people just got thrown in there and forgotten people, inconvenient people, basically. So clearly this did not just happen in America. There was a manual of all the medications, the pills, poisons used for testing with no regard to lasting side effects. Inducing comas was common. And if I remember, because they did that here too, um, particularly when people had anger issues or just basically people they thought they couldn't control or aggression, they'd put them in comas. The rooms are said to have had prison-like gates. The nurses were said to be addressed as guards or superiors. So the courtyard was the only place where you could get any fresh air and they were allowed a daily walk. There was one now infamous patient though, who kept to himself and his name was Fernando Orest Nanetti, AKA NOF4, N-O-F, or Nanoff, as he often liked to sign his name. Now, let me tell you a little, uh, little biography here. He was born in Rome in 1927 and was actually first committed to an asylum at the age of 10. I could not find why. I was on an Italian site for this. I figured they would know because other pages did not mention it at all. Apparently nothing more is known about him or what he did until 1948 when he was blamed for insulting a public official. He was actually tried for contempt. I don't know exactly what he did and the translation is slightly awkward, but what I got from it was that they decided to acquit him based on his mental state. <laughs> I suppose something a, a little bit like not guilty by reason of insanity because he was then again sent to a psychiatric hospital, uh, Santa Maria di Pieta in Rome. Then September 2nd, 1958, he was transferred to Volterra and he was put in the ferry pavilion. So now you know a little bit about his background, a little bit more about him once he arrived at Volterra. He appears polished and well-oriented, begins the first lines of his medical record, which was started in 1958. Talkative and boring, he reveals delusions of damage or harm with regard to his person, ideas of grandeur. He believes he is capable of doing many things and also that he is indispensable here. He is excited, speaks a lot about himself, and sleeps little. Soon, though, he became Knopf 4. Using a buckle from his waistcoat, which was apparently something they all wore, he transformed the outer walls of Fairy Pavilion into, you might say, his own journal. 
it was almost as if he was writing a book. Murals full of runes, symbols, pictures. He even wrote relatives many letters, which none of them ever saw. Quote, Easter, 1965. Dear cousin, I write you this postcard so that you can hear from me. Health, I feel good, except that they are trying to narcotize me. I hope that I will be leaving soon so that I can pay you a visit. And of course, he didn't get to. Two years at Ferry, he was then moved to the so-called civil division of the uh, Charcot Pavilion. Uh, I'm going to guess after what I said about the judicial one, okay, he's deemed he's not dangerous to people. We'll go to the civil ward. Somebody else knows what this means. Let me know. Now, these doctors labeled him as schizophrenic, fatuous, foolish, capricious, and is having auditory hallucinations. He is suspicious and strange, which is why he secludes himself. Now, so during this time, he scratched incessantly into the walls with his buckle. He did not speak to people. He focused on only his graffiti. I've even read that he kept doing his work and carved right around sleeping people's heads. Now, interestingly, though, the collection de l'art brut uh, Lassan, which I'm probably butchering that, it's a, it's a collective of um, a type of artists, considers the work of Nanetti, Naf, to be an example of art brut, which translates to raw art. It's, it's something that's created beyond the boundaries of traditional style of a culture. It's, it's you know, it has no rules, okay? So that's what they call it, an example of that. And they think that it's even reminiscent of Etruscan inscriptions. And I've read that more than once. Isn't that fascinating? And when you see the pictures, if you've ever, if you're into some of the ancient history like me, you'll be like, oh yeah, it does. It's really cool. 20 years after his death, in fact, his work was honored. A civic merit honor from the city of Volterra. I guess it's a very high honor and also probably one of the only uh, mental patients to actually be remembered. He died in 1994, so the award is kind of recent. It's uh, 2014. In 1973, if we back up a little, he was moved to the Bianchi Institution, which is also in Volterra, and then later to, and that's a mental institution, I guess, and then later to another hospital, where is which is where he eventually died. So basically, it sounds like he just never really lived outside of hospitals. There's a little section that we don't know about his life, but it, it sounds like a very troubled, or he was just grossly misunderstood. I don't, you know, it could be both. Now, you want to know what this stuff looks like. You know, like I said, it will be on my Instagram, my Twitter. I'm going to, I've already posted a couple of things uh, before I've even recorded this. But I'll try to tell you uh, about some of it. There are geometric shapes. There are words, drawings of churches and soldiers. And uh, um, 
a lot of people actually have decided that this is a masterwork. Uh, some interpret it as uh, a manual in coping with hallucinations. Some say it's the ramblings uh, on high-tech weaponry, spaceships, and alchemy. So, as I said, the hospital is kind of being taken over by nature now, and his work is fading. But thank, So, thank goodness we still have all of these photos. It's really a shame, though, that we can't ask him, or I don't know if anybody ever did ask him, what he may have been trying to tell us. Uh, this wall, let me find a, a couple of notes here, was one of the walls that he was working on was 180 meters long and he filled it and approximately at an average of two meters high. I mean, that's just, um, it's, I was about to say that's insane. I, I, I didn't mean it as in like, yeah, he's insane. There's a damn motorcycle, which just sounds like horrible audio to you. <sighs> I knew it would come by. 180 meters long, an average of two meters high. It's just, how you know, wow. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? It's just crazy how much, uh, how much, um, uh, what am I trying to say? How focused he was on it, you know, just wow. Coming to the Italian Wikipedia here, and there's a lot of science fiction stories, it says, in the graffiti. And that's where I got those quotes that I read to you at the top of this. And uh, another one is that mobile metric graph of hospital mortality, 10% for televised magnetic radiation, 40% for various diseases transmitted or caused, 50% for personal hatreds and grudges provoked or transmitted. I, we don't know exactly what he was talking about. There's a bit here I'm going to try to convey to you because, again, it's, like, it's Google Translate. So the asylum was abandoned, of course, 1978. Artist Mino Trefelli had his own studio in a former department of the Volterra Asylum, recognized the importance of Nanetti's work, so he commissioned photographer Piernello Manoni of the photographic reproduction to uh, make photographic reproductions of the graffiti, which is now preserved in Lombroso Museum in Volterra. 1985, the local health unit number 15 of Tuscany consented to the publication of a volume NOF4, The Book of Life, which is edited by Mino Trefelli, and transcripts by A. Trefelli. So they, trans they translated some of this graffiti. Nanetti was awarded a fee of 2 million lira. He did not like the reward, expressing instead appreciation for the article published by the wiki, weekly L'Espresso, September 14, 1986. So he didn't want the money, I guess. And at this point, remember, he's still in hospital. Not Volterra, which was closed, but he is still hospitalized. The graffiti, his work, was also uh, filmed... In a, uh, first the music, 
than the words, which is a film by Fulvio Wetzel. And there are some narrative sequences and mostly those for the purpose of visual memory. Please forgive me. I'm trying to make sense of this translation. Studio Azuro dedicated to Nanetti's work a documentary film entitled The Nuclear Observatory of Mr. Nanoff, shot by Paolo Rosa. And you can see some of it, by the way, on YouTube because I saw it. Another detail that I had found out about him is that at one point he was hospitalized for quite a while due to a severe form of spondylitis. And I lost my paper where I wrote the full, no, here it is. Ankylosing spondylitis, which is a type of inflammatory arthritis autoimmune issue, which usually affects the spine. And without any treatment, it can lead to the spine fusing and decreased mobility. So I'm guessing that really sucked. Um, and that was at the Carlo Forlanini Hospital. Also, when he was seven, he, he did some charity work. And yeah, they mentioned again that he was hospitalized yeah, in, a, in an insane asylum as young as the age of 10. So he, he clearly had problems for quite a while. But I'm so glad they preserved this because, and I'll probably just put, maybe I'll just put this out as a bonus episode because it's not very long. I don't have a lot on it, but I just had to share this with you because it's just amazing what he did. And he would start off these panels, if you will, by first tracing a large rectangle as if it was his piece of paper. And then he would scratch all of the stuff inside of that. I also had read that at one point when he was given a little bit more freedom, oh great, and now we have sirens. He was given a little more freedom. Ugh. Note to self, do not record at night. He was given a little more freedom and he wrote approximately 1,600 um, papers on papers. I don't know where those are. It would be a shame if they were not preserved. Some of his original graffiti was actually, I guess, taken out of the building and is preserved in a museum so that's really cool thank god i would love to go see it wouldn't you and i don't really have anything else to say about him because even when you google him his name i mean there's a picture of him but there's just not much about him it's it's just, there's just not much in the way of a biography or anything. Um, I found something. Let's just read this together. September 22nd from Bizarro, Bizarre, some sort of blog. Astro Colonel Nothfor's Telepathic Voyages. And uh, this is BizarroBizarre.com. To write is to travel without the hassle of luggage, Salgari wrote. For Moriak, 
A writer is essentially a man who does not resign himself to loneliness. Both these concepts, the mental voyage and the struggle with solitude, are good ways to understand the life and work of Nafur, whose original name was Arrest Ferdinando Nanetti. We don't get to choose life. We keep telling ourselves we are in control, but sometimes the boat's wheel is broken from the beginning. The life that was destined to arrest Ferdinando Nanetti was a painful one. Born in Rome in 1927 on New Year's Eve, son of Concetta Nanetti and unknown father, he soon grew to be clearly different from other kids. At the time, this meant there was only one destination for him on the horizon, the insane asylum. Oresti entered a mental hospital for the first time at age 10, after having been committed to a charity institution three years before. So that's what the Wikipedia, I think, was trying to say. In 1948, he was charged with insulting a public official, but the judge acquitted him on the grounds of diminished responsibility. It's the mental thing again. Total mind defect. He then spent approximately 10 years at the Santa Maria della Pieta Psychiatric Hospital before being transferred to Volterra. By the way, I'm telling you right now, a reason I'm reading you this blog is I can tell that the person who wrote this, English is not their first language. And so I thought, okay, we have somebody from Italy here. I can tell by the grammar in this. That's not a knock on them, I can just tell. Arrest arrived to the asylum in Volterra in the worst possible moment when the hospital was still ruled by a prison regime with barred and locked windows and the order to address the male nurses as guards. Things slowly began to improve after 1963, but the police atmosphere continued, although with increasingly lighter tones, until the hospital was abandoned in 1979 after the Basaglia Law. In 1973, Nanati was dismissed and transferred to the Bianchi Institute. He died in Volterra and in 1994. And to look at his life now, it all seems to be spent under the sign of civil negation, beginning with that ignominious, ignominious, I can't even say it. They got better grammar than I do. Initials on his birth certificate, NN. Which, oh yes, I wanted to add this tidbit. His initials on the birth certificate, NN, which means non noto, which means unknown. That's what it said where his father's name was supposed to be. Oresti Fernando Nanetti, in spite of everyone, absolutely left a trace of his passage on this reality. In fact, he cut it, sliced it, incised it. And he wrote to travel with his mind and fight his way through loneliness. During his years of internment in Volterra, Nanetti engraved his feverish masterpiece, a colossal, immense graffiti book, on the wall of the ferry section. 180 meters long, which is 590 feet, and 2 meters high, which is 6 feet, the graffiti was accomplished by using the buckle from his waistcoat to carve the plaster. Later, he began writing in this same way on the concrete banister of a big staircase, adding another 106 meters, 347 feet, by 20 centimeters, 8 inches, to his work. His production also consists of more than 1,600 writings and drawings on papers, including several postcards. These postcards, which were never sent and which were addressed to imaginary relatives, 
are another attempt to win his battle over an unthinkable solitude. If his said and miserable biography, which you just read summarized in a single paragraph, was Nanetti's official life, as one could see it from the outside, through his writings and graffiti, his real story comes out, his true reality. In this dimension, Orest was not just Orest, but rather an astronautical mining engineer in the mental system, saint of the photoelectric cell, and called himself Nanoff Noth, or mainly Noth 4. This acronym meant indiscriminately Nanetti Areste Fernando, French Oriental Nuclear, or even French Oriental Nations, while 4 was the identification number he received at the beginning of his internment, of being placed in the asylum. Noth 4's mining work consisted in studying and digging through reality, and his graffiti really was his mining key to access the unfathomable depths of the psyche. In it, we read that glass, metal sheets, metals, wood, the bones of the human being and of animals, and the eye and the spirit are all controlled through the reflective magnetic cathode beam. All images who possess a body heat are living matter, and they can even die twice. Knopf can telepathically communicate with aliens. Nanetti's texts are about imaginary nations taking over other imaginary nations, about space flights, about telepathic connections, about fantastic characters, poetically described as tall, spinach-like, and with a Y-shaped nose, about hyper-technological weapons, about mysterious alchemic combinations, about magical virtues of metals, etc. There's a lot of photographs here, by the way, that I'm scrolling to. We will definitely be sharing this page. As a paranoid agent undercover in Burroughs' interzone, Nanetti received dispatches from beyond and reported his psychic investigations results on the concrete wall. I have gathered some news by telepathic means, which will seem weird to you, but are true. One, the Earth is still, and stars turn on Earth's side. Two, the woman has got no father. Your father was a woman. Heroic borderline scientist inside his nuclear observatory. Knopf 4 measured magnetic fluxes, saw forests made of metal pylons and antennas with his mind's eye, and kept carving his graffiti with his buckle. The dense lines of text of which the graffiti is composed with drawings and illustrations sometimes interrupting it give the idea of a constant flow of words, sounds, images. An encyclopedia of the world almost treated as inner dialogue and delivered to the world itself with urgence, maybe chaotically, but surely with a strong determination, writes sociologist Adolfo Fattori, and his words are echoed by Lara Fremder. Maybe this is how it went. It happened that a man with no history tried to write one for himself, and in order to do that, he chose a wall, a big wall, a 180-meter surface, the whole facade of the psychiatric hospital, and he began to write and draw and to collect everything inside carved pages on the wall. What I think, what I love to think, is that Knopf 4 had other interlocutors to have conversation with, and he showed them his drawings and handed them the keys to his own mining system. 
I love to imagine these interlocutors really understood that lunatic well, studying with him projects and plans for other dimensions, surely not for this one, where day after day we witness a slow agony of meaning and beauty. The psychiatric hospital in Volterra closed in 1979 is a state of complete abandon. Of Nanetti's graffiti, which is considered a world masterpiece of outsider art, little was saved. One piece was detached in 2013 for preservation. Only some parts of it still stand, and we have a few photocopies of his writings and drawings. If not for Aldo Trefelli, a male nurse who was the only one who could talk to Nanetti, eventually becoming his friend, we probably wouldn't even know his story. You're going to want to see this website because they have his drawings. Among the still existing parts of the graffiti, one in particular is the visible trace of Nanetti's kindness. In some points, the lines of text go up and down. When asked about this strange wave, Oreste replied that he did it because he didn't want to disturb the other patients who sat against the wall warming in the sun. He could have asked them to move, but he preferred to continue his carvings around their heads. There it is. I knew I'd read something. It wasn't from here, but... Nanetti, the nuclear safecracker, the astral colonel, never went past elementary school. But, even without being a person of letters, in writing he found a spaceship to explore his own illness and pain. Nof 4 was not alone anymore. Nof 4 could travel as free as a butterfly singing. The whole world is mine, and everything makes me dream. And there we go. I'm looking for the actual author of this. This is wonderful. It was the perfect thing to finish it off. It, it just a uh, bizarro bizarre. Oh, there we go. A blog by Ivan Sinzi, an explorer of the uncanny, the macabre, the strange, and the wonderful. And I think I'm going to bookmark Ivan's blog because I want to see what else he has. There. Ivan, if you're out there, you have just saved my ass from what was a pretty awkward episode of Pinkie Pie because I was just bleh, bleh, bleh. And thank you, thank you for this beautiful blog that you did. I like your interpretation of Knopf 4. I love my material being as myself. Remember that we should all love our material beings as ourselves. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you for listening. Um, I haven't decided yet. You may be getting this as a bonus episode. You, in fact, I may clean it up right now and shove it right out there immediately. And for the record, this is Wednesday night at 10:37 p.m. So we'll see. Maybe you'll get to hear it right now. Thanks for listening. Find me on Instagram at Pinky underscore Podcast if you want to start seeing these fantastic photographs and, and images and things that um, Nanetti wrote and carved. It just boggles my mind that he could do all that. Uh, the dedication and the feverish carving, right? It's just, whoa, wow. What a way to spend your time. I wish we could talk to him. So if you want to see those pictures, like I said, come to my Instagram You'll see why I'm excited. At least I hope you will, because this is pretty freaking amazing. 
and I'm seeing some of these pictures for the first time. So my mind is a little bit blah, blah, blow, you know, blown mind emoji right here. Come to my Instagram, come to Twitter, pod pinky. And thanks for listening. Poop, 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 yeah. And don't forget to start carving into your walls. You might be immortalized one day.